You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. We've got the kiln fired up. We've got the furnace prepped. We're about to unsheath the laser fire of Tyra. Yes, Rizcha de Raisa is coming your way. But first, you've heard of me on this platform touting NRS, a great company whose many dedicated employees I get to see in action. NRS Pay has recently launched its new cost-cutting program called Cash Discount. The way it works is any vendor using NRS Pay Cash Discount has their sale register tabulating automatically a dual pricing, which offers customers a choice of a cash payment, which could result in up to a 4% discount over swiping their card. If your business meets the $18,000 a month threshold, there's absolutely no monthly fee to incur. NRS Pay Cash Discount makes it less expensive to accept credit cards, so you'll save money while helping your customers save at the same time. NRS is offering a time-limited deal right now on this state-of-the-art system. You'll get a free card reader with zero hidden fees, no long-term contract, and no early termination fee, which means you can switch your processing plan without penalty. NRS Pay is a proud part of the IDT Corporation that I've been associated with for over 10 years and has integrity built into its corporate DNA. I know its founder and officers and salespeople, and they truly stand by their product and will help you with live stateside-based customer service on any issue or question. Check nrspay.com for more information or call 833-289-2767. And now, Rizcha coming your way. Get ready. If it's Erev Shabbos Kodesh, or Kodesh Elul indeed, Aleph Elul, this must be the eighth incredible season of Rizcha Daraisa starting right now. Can you inform me about the Petira of Harava Goyin HaTzadik, Rav Moshe Tzuriya, who um, we have talked about in this program, and we spoke, which doesn't, doesn't mean that much for his Chuyas, but we both love him and are, are, are so enamored of his svarim and his habitus afayim and his, his hanogok. And I, there was just also the ptira of my Rebbe. Uh, if there was anyone that I went to and saw as, as a moira derech, as a bauruf hakezesh, as someone that I would get eitzes hamukais from, it was Rabchai Yitzchok Tversky, the Rachmastrishke Rebbe. His first name was Chai, right? So I'm not exactly sure when they added Chai to his name. His brother was Chaim, so they didn't want to call him Chaim. So they called him Chai. So let's talk today, uh, despite the fact that I think you'd also like to roll up your sleeves and joust a little bit. Let's, let's, let's both be misguided for a little bit over the loss of these two great men. I, before we start, let me just say the following. And one of them was the Yelid of America who really became the heart and soul of Eretz Yisrael and never stopped preaching the greatness of living in Eretz Yisrael. And the other was an Eretz Yisrael Dikil, who ended up coming to the United States after being the agent by the Altus Rebbe and really becoming, to me, the great Kodesh of America. So it's interesting, again, as we sort of talk about these two incredible men. But before we get into a harocha in a, in a larger sense. You know, and I'm, I'm, you know that towards you, Rabbi Yosef, despite my incredible chavivas for all things Bechafer, 
you know, I, I, I'm quite cynical about many things that you sort really? of, yeah, yeah. many things that you sort of attribute to yourselves. I never noticed. Yes, yes. And I try to be your conscience and stopping you from, like, you know, ridiculous self-aggrandizement. But I, I, I have said in the past that Akkadosh Baruch Hu has sent many, many people who decided their task in this world is to suppress my gaiva. I see. So I'm only one of many, I see. Yes. I would say you're one of the top. <laughs> but anyway, but I was very impressed by the fact that not only did you hold on to these wonderful letters from Rough Surreal to yourself, but also the contents of these letters, which are available for all your Hasidim and non-Hasidim, to check out on the YGB blogspot. Just look for Yosef Rio Bechar blogspot. And I think you've, you have there about six letters from Rav Tzuriel. And these letters, first of all, let's talk about them. These letters were sent approximately from what years to what years? From 19, 1981 to 1986. And there was one from much later. There's one from much later, which is the letter, last one, which is from 2001. So I have not taken the Odyssey to that letter yet. but. I did read three of the letters that I think are from the that first period. And they are reflective of someone who's willing to write and take out his Hebrew typewriter. It's not like when we write today with a word processor. And he wrote and carefully structured sentences. Yeah, it's interesting because he always, he, his sichot and shalvim, every week he typed them up and gave us, besides the sicha itself, he gave us the typed up copy of it. And this, of course, is, as you pointed out, before computers. And uh, he certainly was uh, meticulous as a prolific author in uh, making things uh, clear to the reader. The first Sefer I have was the Beis Yecheskel, which was such an interesting, I call, I, I guess I sort of, this is a gishmaka hodgepodge of great stuff. It sort of has Machshova and Likud. It was like, it was like the type of Sefer. It's like Shabbos afternoon and any other time that you really want to get ideas and Machshova. And there was history. There was just a breadth and, uh, of knowledge that was so, it was so, it floors you. And he continued. And of course, I bought every volume of the Oitzras Haraya. The Raubag is not close to the Mahalach Machshova of the Maral. He's almost the enemy of the Maral. And here was Reb Tzuriel for Leimdin being able to put into perspective uh, the Raubag. Well, one of the things that got Reb Tzuriel in trouble, which shows how gutsy he was, is that he actually reprinted the Yain Halavonon, Perish and Perkeovos from Naftali. The fact, as we know, Vesely, as Mendelssohn himself indicated, was a tremendously verbose writer. Yeah. Those of you that are familiar with the parish of of David C. Hoffman on Bayikra know that he gives tremendous COVID to the the Bayer on Sefer Bayikra that was penned by Wiesel, or Naftali Hertz Vesely. And it is very Kaleel Amatara. But as Mendelssohn himself complained, he was looking for a beer mastic. He wasn't looking for a lumdisha, uh, philological, uh, tour de force. But once Wesley was already on board, it was too late to potter him up. But Wesley basically wrote Barifus the Deva, and his parish on Pirkei Yavos 
is no exception. Of course, it is graced by the Haskam of the Noida Behuda, which even though later, after he wrote Divrei Shalom which the shock, shocking letters to tell Klal they should study Lamud Echol and how this should, this could just would perhaps change their matzav, etc. He was then, of course, uh, put into Cherem and he was considered a Schwanz and a Shegetz. So you're saying it showed his guts that he was, his Avas, listen to me, it's, it's the Avas Ha'emes that Rabbi Surreal had. Can you imagine someone walking around as a, as a safer Torah Mamish? He, he, one of his letters, he quotes the, the Maran Horius about Sinai Odef Meikar Horim. And I, I don't know if he was Meikar Horim or not, but he was one of the closest things in Sinai that I've ever seen. I mean, this Chacham Abadia, we talked about Ashwama Fisher. They, they were off the chart. It's, it's a real didn't think he was in Shlomo Fisher's league in terms of like, Shlomo Fisher was more like a Novi, you know what I'm saying? He, his his ideas were like close to, like, like you know, he was close to almost like the Pargwood of Harsinai in terms of what he was able to sort of like know. But in terms of pure Bikiyas and learning everywhere, uh, he was definitely a, 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 a Sinai. And, and, and just like Harsinai is known as the, the most shofel of the Horim, has, has anyone misnaig in, in, with such anibus as a mashkiah? I mean, usually the mashkiah ruchni, if he's misnaig by anibus, it's because he's, you know, because he, he doesn't know too much. But he was, he was somebody who was, his yadiyas were, were, uh, jaw-dropping. You know, it's not just that. I, there's a, there's a WhatsApp group, which was formed after the Ptira, which has now hundreds of people in the WhatsApp group, including some members of Tsurio's family. And, you know, people write, the, uh, some woman right, wrote recently said, you know, I didn't realize what a godly he was. And he called me every week to see how I was doing because I once had a problem and I called him up and then he called me every week for the rest, the rest of his life. And, uh, you know, the, the, the people who he responded to, spent time with, somebody told me they were David Hyde and said he used to put work filling all day. But when somebody came to the door, he would take him off because they didn't want people to see. So it was an honor of a Nechbala, Kalim. And, uh, he was strident when it came to Eretz Yisrael. And people do remark on that. I mean, let, let me quote something that he writes to you that uh, and I saw that by many other uh, things on, on online today where he would he would tell people that even if they have a steller and a job and, and in the Chutzlords, and they think if they come to Eretz Yisrael, they're going to be Katla Kanyab Agma and no one's going to be Mach of them, you're wrong. What you're going to do here is a thousand times more caution. Which makes the, la- the letter he wrote me in English very fascinating because he says basically, okay, you know, you're going to say Chutzlords, at least be able to do ABC. Well, first of all, let's, well, you skip the, a step. Rebiasim Gavriel, as, as a young man, I, I didn't realize that you were such a quandary. He wrote to his former Mashkiach or his present Mashkiach of Tavim, saying how he was in a sort of a, a, a quandary and, and, and worried that he had to go to college. Well, I think it was ready to fade completely. wanted some chizuk. At that point, I was ready in Baltimore. And will he be my Marov? So I had to uh, contend with this situation. He, he was clear that, that you would eventually come back there to Israel. He felt even though he could help you to keep it aim and going to college, but you should, it was all, as, as he says, that he shomer moed, 
שתירו ליגמור כמה שאפשר, יויסר מהר, חייק לימודי אוניברסיטה, כדי שתחזר את הקדוש מה שאפשר יויסר מהר. Did you do that? I did. As a matter of fact, in Israel, they made a rule because of me. Because I came in with a farm BTL from Shalvim, and I got a master's degree in two years, a year and a half, actually, and then I went back to Eretz Yisrael. So they made it that they were, felt that they were cheated for some reason, and therefore they made a rule, which my brother later broke because I urged him to break it, that uh, if, if even you come with a farm B, BTL, you have to first stay two years in Eretz Yisrael before you go to a graduate program. And then you went back there, so that's when you weren't in the mirror, right? Right, yeah. You, but even though you, you did get married here in America, and you weren't in Kailu for Eretz Yisrael for a while, or you didn't? No. Came back after a year, a year in Zman in, in the mirror, and in Yushalayim, and came back to the mirror in America. Right. So why wasn't Surreal's Azharis ringing in your ears that you have to stay here now? I didn't see any, I didn't see that uh, uh, I would find a shidduch in Eretz Yisrael, which would be uh, appropriate necessarily. I, I found it interesting. You asked him whether he, he, you should go to the Muzer Shmuz. I don't know who's giving Muzer Shmuz there. But I see he says that you're learning Madrega's Odom. You're learning the Alta Nevardiker's Muzer, it sounds like. Yes. But then he says, then he says you're going to get the Michta Melio, which is the next level. And this really shocked me. Then, the Shmuzim of Rabbi Shmulevitz, which anybody who would think about it would say, that doesn't fit. Rabbi Shmulevitz basically was forced to give Musr Shmuzim. He was not from the Musr school, right? But after Rabbi Chazab died, there was nobody to give Musr. So Rabbi with his lumdus, really came up with these, these Yisoidists, which you're not going to find anywhere. It's interesting that Rabbi Surreal felt that they meld so well with Rav Dessler and, and the Altam Sobotka and then going back and learning Rav Yerucham. It's interesting, yeah, Rav Yerucham is considered to be the, uh, uh, in the yeshiva world, the height of the intellectual uh, Musar, which Rav Yerucham himself didn't, was acknowledged that in a negative way. He said, it's famous to have saying that uh, Rav Yisrael was Kula Musar, the Altam Mekam was Chachma and Musar, and I'm Kula, Kula Chachma. In, in Shalvim, there were three great figures at the time who were all into Rebbe Yerucham. And one was even a town Rebbe Yerucham. The previous Mashkiach, Rebbe Yitzhak Gittelman, who was kind of phasing out at the time, but still came to once a week to the yeshiva. And then Rebbe Tzuriel, of course, who was into Rebbe Yerucham. And Rebbe Shimon who was also into Rebbe Yerucham. He was introduced to Rebbe Yerucham by Rebbe Yitzhak Gittelman. But in any event, so the idea is that uh, at the t- Rebbe Yerucham is seen as being the a very high madrega in the intellectual musr. It's interesting to me how Rav Chaim is in there. I, I don't see Rav Chaim as a as a as a. Uh, no, as, Rav Chaim, it's in, it's an anomaly. Right, it, it's, anom- it's interesting that he actually inserts Rav Chaim for you. Maybe he knew about your vildkeit of thinking that you would enjoy that. Maybe it's a typo. Maybe he meant Rav Chaim Belozhna. No, no, Shmuelitz, you ain't gonna consist with right. <laughs> I also like the fact that that he, that he holds. The, the chiyav to learn Mishnah is basically yeah. is basically just to just do shas without you. I just find his letter to interesting in terms of that's a, to me that's a little bit of a chiddush that that's that's what Mishnah is not learning Mishnayos but learning dafyomi. In other words, basically just basically doing dafyomi. And again, I like the fact that he in the Velozhner style feels like my father did uh, over Shalom when he learned in Sokolov. 
even the Chassidish Yeshiva, they spent the whole day on one daf. In other words, the whole day, morning, afternoon, and night Seder was one daf. That was the Veloshan style. And then you go on to the next daf. That's what he, that's what he believed. There's one thing here which I have to laugh at. I'm very sorry. I know in your great humility, please, please still my heart. I know that in, in your great humility, you're going to answer me. He has to tell the great modest student of his that, that paragon of humility. Don't think that you're nothing, Benchafer. And, of course, if you speak seriously and, and, and you show them Mary Mekoymis, they're going to be Mashpia, Bianivu. And he felt again, he says here that I have no suffix. And when you come back here to Eretz Yisrael and get married, you're going to have Avoida Chashuva Bachas Yeshivas God. And he says that there's so many new yeshivas opening up. He says they're not going to be in the central cities. You might have to be in the boondocks somewhere where it's Israel. Yeah, but you care that you're out in Naharia or in Tifrach. Yeah, you'll be okay. He also, I like what he writes about what does it mean to learn halacha v'maisa. And even when you learn kochim and taras, you have to learn halacha v'maisa. You can't just learn in a, you know, in a theoretical way. You have to know you have to be messiah to yourself, actual tzirim, even though they're about the base. I make their And to learn Rif Rosh Turbis Yosef. He didn't do that either, as far as I remember. I was your husband, so. No. so it seems like in Derek Halim, you, you weren't macabre what he, what he said. No, uh, he was, he, he's opened my eyes to, to Medrash and to Maharal and to Machshava. That's what I got from him. Derek Halim, I did not get from him. But, uh, you know, he, he gave, during Benet's time, he gave a, a, a shear on Medrashan Chuma, and it was incredible. I have to tell you just two things which I, I found that I, I disagree with him, not me, Ani, Lachnes Roishi, but he quotes the famous Shitas Haredin, which uh, is very bavust. And I, I like the fact that he says, I think it's Be'erach Tafkuf Be'ves. As if there was only one edition. And for years, actually, the Haredin was not published that often, but it's interesting. But basically, the Haredim speaks about the stira between the Seder Elam and the Psukim and Parshas Lechlocha leading to Bayero. Because, and it really has to do, of course, with the stira of how many years was Golos Mitzrayim? Was it 400, 430 years? And the Seder Elam says that it was, that it was 430 years from Brisbane Absorim, which means Brisbane Absorim, when Avram was in Eretz Yisrael, happened when Avram was 70 years old. And of course, that's against what it says in the beginning of Lechotho, where Avram is already in his 80s when he's coming there as Israel. So the Chreidim says that, oh, dog, Avram had to go to Eretz Israel first before Lechotho. And the way I always understood the Chreidim was that in order to have the Cheshit to go to Eretz Israel, you have to have been there. And I always told this to my students that, you know, when you go there, it's like overwhelming. When you want, when you leave after your gap year and come back, that's when you have, that's like Avram Avinu was the Meiraderech for that. Avram Avinu, in a way, as the first Jew, all of us have to have that. We, we can't really have Avasayar to throw unless we experience it. And that's a simple reading of the Haredim. But he, when he was talking to you, said his understanding of the Haredim was that once you've been in Eretz Yisrael and you have to go back to Chutzloretz, so then you realize how this 
terrible Chutz Laaretz is, right? Not so much the positive the Eretz Yisrael, but you realize that and therefore, you're going to realize when you, when Yosef Gabriel goes back, I'll, now that you've been here, right? There's no way I can stay in the Chutz Laaretz. I want, I want to point out the, the end of that, one of the that letters he's looking at on the back side. He under, underlines this. He says that uh, you should be careful, not, very, very careful, not to be dragged into political conversations and to distance yourself from people who are involved in conversations. Even that tell me that this is their discourse. Because for each uh, speck of Machshav and Yonechulin, you lose a speck of Dibre Torah. Was he drawn into a comment on political events yes. in Israel? Yes, he did. He was very much against Gush uh, Katif. So in the end, he, he uh, when it came to Israel, he never, never involved with the political party, but uh, he did get. I don't. He probably didn't perceive it as politics. He saw that as Avaseret Yisrael. I, I also wanted to point out here that uh, Rav Moshe wrote for Rav Nata the same thing that, that Rav Zeril wrote to you when Rav Nata was going to go back there at Yisrael. He wrote him a letter. He wrote a letter that uh, described, of course, the famous Gemara Mitzvahs that that even though Chad Minon Ketrei Minayu. That when someone who has been able to achieve his learning in Chutzlaretz, it's true, right now, the Ben Eretz Yisrael is greater, but when he goes up to Eretz Yisrael, he's going to be double the average Ben Eretz Yisrael, even one that has the background he has. And he explains it based on the idea that there is a greater sense of Nicholas Atayra which I guess means, you know, the of, uh, risker lumdus or analysis is greater in Chutzlaretz than it is in Eretz Yisrael. At least it was in Bavel, and maybe it's still true. And therefore he says, as he relates it to you, because he says that, therefore, that he says it's Mestomba, the Hashgacha wants you to be in the Chutzlaretz in order to be ma, to be Nesala, the Chokmas Hashas, and then you're going to come back here and you're going to be double that if you would go. So therefore, he says, use that time that you're there to become, to be kindness so much in Shas. And then when you come back here, you're going to be, you're going to be, you're going to be double the power of everybody else. I, I can't believe you. I know you kept it. I don't understand why you didn't follow him. I know you, you've met your shit up here. Your Rebbitson didn't want you to go back there to Israel. Is that what it was? Right after I met. No, right after we got married, it wasn't possible for whatever reasons. And then, you know. I was there about a year or two before you when Rabbi Peer, as I was inside, was planning the Derech Eisan Because that was, because remember, Koylum that paid anything were, were very far, very, very hard to find. And the plan was that they were going to pay a decent amount. In their $10,000, which that was a princely sum in those days. Right, 10000 a year, right? Yeah. So I went there, and at that time, nothing had really begun yet. But and then I ended up not going. But then you went, and you were there with a number of friends of mine. 
And that's, of course, why he wrote you the English letter. And maybe that's why he wrote it to you in English, because he saw you weren't coming back there to Israel. <laughs> it's quite possible. Because it's not here. And all the other letters, he seems to know that you're coming. Another thing, again, he talks about how he read your shtiklach, and he read the other shtiklach. I have to tell you, I, I saw something on the internet today, which is, again, just like a throwaway little thing. Somebody was giving Sherman Maral, one of his former Talmudim, and he wanted to get to Surreal Sefer. And Arturil said he was going to be coming to Yad Benyomen or whatever the place where he lived. But he says, he said that there happens to be that there's another book written by another Mechaber that goes through the, maybe using Surreal's um, uh, groundbreaking work to be, to shoot, it's an easier find, Al Piseder Ashas. And he says, I can pick it up in B'nai Brak for you. I'll pick it up for you. And this is what it's going to cost. And I'll meet you and I'll bring you this other safer. And he ended up bringing, going to B'nai Brak, by going into the store and not only bringing him his old, his old safer, but bringing this other sort of competitive safer on the same subject, bringing it to him, being a shit kingle, as it were, to bring the safer to another person who was going to go giving Shior. And I'm sure that there's so many people who are listeners, some of them who are also very close to Surreal. Andrew, you know who we're talking about. Does, do, do you think he had a he, his His Hebrew was impeccable, but do you believe he felt a, 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 some sort of a, a kurvshaft to American guys because of his own history? I think so, yes. I think so. But obviously he was as, as comfortable in the Israeli world as in the American world. But uh, I think you see from these letters that he has this connect- connection. I can't say later years, right? Because after that, Shalvim, I don't know. But in Shalvim, he certainly had... Any, anybody wanted to have a shaykhus with him? Obviously, he was an honor. He didn't go looking for Talmudim. But I think a lot of Americans were drawn to him. It's, it's interesting. You know, you know we, I, I contrast him to someone who seems... It was very much almost the polar opposite in some ways from David Crumbless, who was... You weren't so fit to know. And I... Only know of David Crumblass because the whole yeshiva was still reeking in a positive way, if it's possible to reek positively, from Rab David Crumblass's Ashba. The first evil I had, it was like, well, this is the way Rab David feared itself. And of course, Rab David Crumblass had been uh, the Mashkiach, but he also gave the highest shear in the yeshiva. Now he gave, he gave a higher shear to Rablevsky. He was, he was in Neri Yisrael, uh, in many ways, many people consider him the top Lamdin. And the top basic, he was the basic for all the, the young life, the Hevra. And his safer, of course, Divrei David, is Lomda Shishtiklach in, in Zeroyim, which uh, many of you have been learning who just started Kedushin. I was introduced to it, of course, on that base of a base, on Esrik Shogu So my point, though, is, is that Rav David, he was a Lamdan. You're sure that Rav Tzariel, was it his amoebas, or you think it was a, a, a lack of... of no, it was a little bit of decision on his part. It's clear he could have given a lumbish a shear. Yeah, yes. But he felt that he was going to offer something that they couldn't get anywhere else. And the other, Rabbeim treated him... Rav Shach said about Rav Suriel. He said, he's like a Sparty, isn't he? <laughs> and obviously, from Rav Shach's perspective, if you're not a shear, you're and you're a tremendous bucky, right? But are you? You're a Sparty. Right, so the uh, so that I think that was a deliberate decision on his part to emulate uh, those uh, people like Ravadio Safe, who uh, which and, and he saw he has Sipuk and Bikis and in Machshavim. 
know, he, he retired, essentially he retired from active hashkoch, or being a mashkiach, and he was just learning in yeshiva, he was just learning in B'nai Brak, the last, the last years of his life. As yeah, far Shaldin as, gave you know, a, give, give, gives a nice pension. I see people who had Shachsim in the last year, obviously my Shachsim was much earlier, but seeing this group, people had Shachsim last year, you know, low cost, I know, he was constantly giving, open to everybody, giving tremendous uh, empathy and love. Right. And, and I think the main thing is, I think he once again proves the adage that, that if, if we can all just take, maybe, you know, have blinders a little bit to the things that separate us, realize how Torah, you know, like the Gemara says constantly, Torah ribahe. Whenever you see the word Torah, it's marba more. His music of Torah, which is marba and inclusive, um, and, and he showed it by the, the love and and the careful attention that he gave to the Mahabra that, that he extolled and that he basically repackaged for our door. He understood that the door needed a mafteya to be able to find the, the shtiklop from the Mitziv, the shtiklop from, you know, you name it. He wrote a mafteya for it. Yes. yes. And he also even, you know, gave a history of the Groz, his Nagdis Tuxidis, uh, which is a nice, Again, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, it's going to take its place, you know, in, in the history of, of that Machlekes. But it's also, I believe, a very nice contribution about what is really about the Grove versus Cedar. Well, I say one more thing about my, about his Teshvah. This is indirect, perhaps. So in my years in Shalvin, I decided I was supposed to uh, give a shear to some visiting high school students. Where they're, you know, they, high school students get to go Shavuot, Yeshiva. In Israel, they get to go for a year, for a week to, uh, Yeshiva, Yeshiva as their Yeshiva to, to, to sp- check it out and spend time. So there are a bunch of high school students who came and, uh, I figured, you know what? I don't know that much about Amuna. Let me give them a share about Amuna. And I took out Rav Tzuriel Sefer, but then it was a basic high school now to know to Samusar. And he has this amazing, amazing chapter on Amuna. I didn't drug him to, to uh, to come to it. And somebody wrote on this chat, the WhatsApp chat, I don't believe this is true. It doesn't make sense to me, but that he had a doctorate in biology from Columbia and he never told anybody. I find that to be highly unlikely. I can understand where that, that came from because he's, you could, he goes to human biology, incredibly detailed descriptions of the systems of the body in order to demonstrate that there's something which there must be intel, intelligent designer which could not have possibly come in its own. An upgrade of, of, of the Sharp Chinah of the Chaybis Yes, yes, and specifically about Amuna. And, uh, and then he gives different drachim, like the history of Am Yisrael, and uh, he brings up, of course, the Rebbe Hanan about uh, uh, you know, the Zuminos. Uh, but this, the Hekif and the Shurim I was able to give from his forum, can't tell you how many of my Shurim from me normal night call were based on Rav Tzuriel. It's just taken, some of the times, just berate him. I copied the pages and went to them and share. Yes, yes, that uh, you you are a famous god, if that is true. Even though you sometimes put them in, in, in your style. But what I would say also is that he wasn't afraid to say things that were unpopular with the Mizrahi base, which is extolling the greatness of Kailu, talking about how important learning in Kailu was. Also, he talks about 
not drafting B'nai Taira for the army. He was a very staunch defender of this. So many of the places, like the Hester Yeshivas, where he was, like even Shalavim, I am sure that they probably weren't so happy that he was so public, you know, voicing Shittas, which are basically Haredi Shittas. No, Shalavim, that was, at the time, that was uh, kind of standard. I don't know, several of the Rebbe were like that. Is that so? So, in other words, you didn't have to. You didn't have to. You didn't necessarily have to toe the party line. You could be in right. Could be independent. Well, he definitely was. The only problem is, you know, again, a safer zikaron that can somehow do justice to him, I think, is almost impossible. But I, I would tell our listeners, just put go to Oitzer Chachma, and I think there's some stuff even on on, on the free uh, platforms. Well, there's the Rab website, and that a lot of stuff. Is, you know, well, it's a work in progress. They're not all there, but most of them are there. Also Hebrew books. To him, there was nothing to be proprietary. He wanted all his ideas uh, to spread and to be well known. And even if I would say like this, just the uh, you know, even if all he wrote was the Oitzra Saraya, I would be machabat him so much because to go painstakingly through all the letters of Rakuk and find the Bayramakimas to be able to find the illusions. To find the, the subject matter, that he did it on Einaya and and, and everything. He was in, in so many ways an, an Evan Nemon, the Messiah of Klal Yisrael, and really a, a, a tremendous story for how an American Bocher can really be Misale, but Madregas Let's spend a couple of minutes, and you can now be the interlocutor and ask me about the Rachmasrifka Rebbe. Whose, whose funeral happened right in your backyard there in Ermont. Well, they say that um, there are very few, the people who are cri- critical and cynical, they say there are very few Rebbes who are, are worthy of the title and of the respect. I believe that this is among the ones they mentioned uh, that I recall are, who are still alive till recently, and the Abdul Mechayacham is still alive, are the Rachmastrivka here in America and the Amshinov in Israel. Since the option of her, the, the only Rebbe that I've had has been the Rachmas Shifka Rebbe. I went to him a number of times. So is that because you saw the authenticity? Well, I'll tell you, I have, a, I have a very good friend who was in New York. I was in Chicago, and my wife was going through a medical condition that the doctors were very perplexed about and indicated that perhaps it would be extremely serious. and. I called my friend in New York and I asked him to tell me, you know, which Rebbe I should go to. And he says, the Rebbe to go to is the Rachmastrikh Rebbe. And I booked the tickets and I came, my, me and my wife, we came to get a broch of Rachmastrikh Rebbe. And we waited a little bit after marriage. And the Rebbe, we wrote a kvittel, we walked into the Rebbe, the Rebbe cobbled my wife, he did not look at her, and he said, you know, that, that this would be fine. And within, within two weeks of returning home, the condition had completely disappeared. And from that time on, I went to Rafa Rebbe, whenever I had any big life issue, when I was declaring about moving back from Chicago to New York, and that's almost 20 years now. But you were the one that was convincing me that I had to leave Chicago and, and take this job in a school. 
I had for years, I had lost my job and I wasn't teaching. I was just teaching adults. And I thought maybe I was learning in Kailu for, I was learning for Kailu. I was learning in Kailu uh, in the morning. At least I, 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 but I was, this job would have entailed learning, teaching young high school girls, high school girls. And I asked him if this is a problem. And he said, no. And he pointed to the names on the capital and he pointed to which one of my children it would be very good for me to be able to move for. So, you know, it's one thing when a Rebbe takes money from you and chuckles a little bit. It's another thing when the Rebbe actually points to the actual names and tells you that, and, and he was 100% correct. The two children, I don't want to go into the details, but the two children that he pointed to, it was crucial that we were in the East Coast for them. How did he know this? How did he know that I was basically somebody? In fact, he actually asked me about my visit, and he, he saw hundreds of people every single night. And he remembered me from the visit that, that I had come with my wife all those years before. So that's already three, that's already three simonim. A, his bracha worked where medicine didn't. B, he remembered me after almost a decade. And he remembered why I was there. See, he was able to point in a kvittel and, and say clearly and correctly, without knowing anything about the ages of who these children were, that this was, a, this was necessary for us to be here. So to me, this is someone who was a Baruch HaGadosh. This was someone, and he lived such a, uh, uh, he was an unabshamed Kamayu. I, I will tell you, one thing that he said, and this is also incredible. Many times, you know, you have Rebbe's who go into a sort of a trance state, and maybe they are, you know, plugging into some holier frequency. But I asked him a very important question, and it was it was the gay of what I had written down. And he said, I said, what about this? And he said, dear? He says, what do you say about this? Like, what do you say? And this was one area where I got the message that this was something that I had to work on. I, I could provide the answer. He was telling me that. He said, there is an answer here, but this is an answer that you are going to provide. Can you imagine a Rebbe doing that? I'm almost 30 years, you know, 30 years his junior. And, and, and many, many years, you know, <laughs> measurement his his junior in Kedusha and Avedis Hashem, etc. But he gave me the Gushpaka to teach in a in a school like we both did, in a Kushner, in a mixed school. He didn't say, he didn't cry over the fact, right? He cried over other things of my own personal pain. But the fact that I had to teach in a modern school where I had to teach young girls, even though I told him I was teaching Gemara, I was giving Gemara shield to young girls. He didn't say, "Oi, we call you, so, oi, who's not a misnefesh, Othman, oi, lahid, oi, oi, oi. None of that. He was, he was honest, straightforward, and holy. And um, I sent many people to him as well. So to me, these are two great losses. We're talking, and again, I, I'll, you, uh, you know, I have, I've been less of a cynic than you on, on, on the holiness. This man was the Spitz Kedushka. This man was the proof 
that there still are Bali Ruach HaKadosh. <laughs> Even the Chutzlars, they can be. They, and um, that is a tragedy that, that he's gone. I, I can tell you that he had it just like, you know, he was very ill, but he made a shtickle come back and he still saw people. He still was giving brachas to people. Same thing. He also made a comeback at the end, yeah. That's surreal. And the Shalom has this way of, of, of before that nair is, is, is dohui completely, and it has that great moment that it can come back and people can see it for all its fire and majesty. So, yes, audience, you're expecting uh, season eight to be a return to our, our curmudgeonly angry uh, dismissiveness. Yes. <laughs> I guess it's good. It's a try to show what we should speak about yes. with Halal and try to work on the type of heck if Braidkite, Ava, Anivus. I mean, Surreal was always Vusukti. He spoke to Yosef Gavriel like he was, as, as much as he was giving him an Eitzah, but again, um, how precious that is to have a lifelong connection to a Mashkiach who, who loves you, cares about you, and speaks to you with tremendous COVID and Arocha. How incredible it is to find someone who is a Ben Acher Ben from the, from the, from the Chernobyl Magid, from the Menachem of Chernobyl, from, from the great, great Gedele Oilam who you were able, just with a, a little phone call, to be able to go into his his chedra pnimi. I think authenticity sells. Authentic people can tell this this is, and these were two authentic great ones. They should be great. They lead the for us, and who knows? Maybe in in that Ganeid and Shulchan, and that Masifta Derekia, Rav Tzariel is being introduced to a new oitzer of, of an oitzer of, of, of the Kedusha and the Heilig Torah of the Baal Shem. Certainly, certainly reviewing these letters has made me want to become more, to work on myself more, to be what he would have expected. Yeah, well, know. something's got to do it because... <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everybody. We'll see you Mitzvah next week, people. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.